So the testimony of these children today is very telling about what a mother of virtue looks like. And we're going to get into a mother of virtue. Certainly, what else would we talk about? I mean, a mother of virtue is as valuable as precious rubies, right? We're going to get into what those moms are and what they do, but we're also going to challenge you guys as well because we've got ladies in the house. We've got young ladies. We've got mature ladies. We've got the same on the guy's side, right? Just like on Father's Day, it's not always just about the fathers, but I've decided that we're going to do just a message on fathers today instead of mothers. You know what I'm saying? Because we guys, we just don't get enough attention. So fathers. No, we're just talking about mothers this morning. I have a question for you men. Is there anything more attractive than a godly woman? You've seen the difference, right? You've seen the difference maybe out in the world, maybe at the gym, maybe at the club, maybe wherever, and you see the difference. You see the difference on the Kardashians. You know the Kardashians? Kim Kardashian, all the Kardashian ladies that are the pinnacle of what beauty is in the world. Curtis doesn't know what the Kardashians are. I'm proud of you. They're not known for their purity. They're not known for their internal loveliness. They're only known for their exterior. And the Bible is very clear about what true beauty is, and we're going to get into that. But when you as a man, if you're not quite married yet or you're looking, you're going to see the difference too. And what better person to be the mother to your children than a virtuous woman? It's a great place to find them is in the house. 1 Peter 3 is a verse that we're going to talk about. It talks about wives in the same way submit yourselves to your own husbands. So that if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives. How important is a wife's behavior that they can be, that a man can be won over to the word of God through their actions? That's certainly what Doris has been exhibiting through Austin. That's what he's seeing. He's seen it all the way through. It's what we see through our Azor, our helper, right? As men that have wives that do just like Rosemary, where they're curled up reading their Bible, or they're praying, or they're putting on worship. We see that. It also says here, when they see the purity and reverence of your lives, Your beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as elaborate hairstyles and wearing of gold jewelry or fine clothes. Rather, it should be that of inner self, your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit. I heard that this morning. Which is of great worth in God's sight. For this is the way 
the holy women of the past who put their hope in God used to adorn themselves. They adorned themselves with all of those we just talked about, purity. Some of you moms have had kids that have turned out phenomenal. I can say that we've seen that here today. Some of you moms have had kids that took another path, and that is a absolute heartache on Mother's Day, where Mother's Day could be a wonderful, fun day. You're thinking about how things didn't go so well and how you're responsible and how you are condemned for it and how you are a bad person and all of those things that will begin to well up with inside of you when you think of, I've done a terrible job. Sometimes it's just the kid. It has nothing to do <laughs> with the mom because how many of us have godly parents and we went wayward for a little bit? The good news is, is that nothing can separate your kids that are wayward from the love of God. It says in Romans 8.31, Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us or we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? There's a lot that can happen when we're not under the veil of the Lord, right? And that's why moms and dads are so concerned when their kids are taking the long way around, right? Some kids take the long way around and some kids take the king's way through as a king's kid, as a king's daughter, as a king's son with sonship. We want the kid to take the king's way through, yet your kid is no different than Adam or any other person in this world that has free choice to decide what they want to do. So you as a mom can't take that all on yourself every single day. You just can't. First of all, it's not good for you. Second of all, it's not true. And third of all, as we said, some kids like to take the long way around. The good news is, is that despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, demonic, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below Nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that's revealed in Christ Jesus. That's good news. That is the good news. But the kid still has to take the good news and run with it. And you as the mom who is suffering as a result of what teenager is doing, what older child is doing, you still have to suffer. There's no way around it. There's going to be trials and there's going to be suffering and you as the mom have to do what? What's the first thing you got to do? You got to pray. You got to stay the course. You got to stay the course 
when they're 12, when they're 15, when they're 18, you've got to stay the course. When they've been put in jail, you've got to stay the course. When they're on drugs, you've got to stay the course. That's the only thing you have the control of is the power to be on your knees and to keep praying and to keep praying. I'll give you an example. There are things that uh, take place every day that are examples. One of the things that I've been blown away by is Chelsea and John when they took on these three kids. I'm watching them, and they are so tired, <laughs> but so full of joy. How can you be so tired yet so full of joy? When I went over there the other night, because just before 8 o'clock is bath time, and kids are crying, and they all need their last little bottles before they go to bed, so we swing in there as like the, the cavalry. We try to be like the rescuers. And they've got praise worship music playing. They're calm. They're nice. They're being sweet to these babies. Uh, just couldn't be more proud because they are, they're doing it. They're ministering. They're loving. These kids could be taken away from us because this is foster. This is not adopt. Right, Stephanie? It's foster to adopt. They may get them. They may not. They've put their heart out there knowing that it may or it may not. But what about the parents? What about this mom who has these nine kids? These are just three of the army of nine kids. Um, what about her? So every morning... I have asked instead of, Lord, let those kids be taken away from those parents. Let my kids get those kids. That's not the thing to be praying. So when I'm going by Fallbrook on I-10 headed into San Antonio every morning for work, I am praying over those siblings, those three children, that mother, that father, that he have his way not that we have our way. But as a mother, what are you going to pray? Oh, let me get these kids. Let me have them. Let me have them. Let me have them. That's what we want. There's no doubt about it. And we, we want what's best for those kids, but we also pray what's best for that mom and that dad. Now, they have a choice, right? And the state decides, are they making the right choices? What's safe for the kids? Well, <clears throat> your mothers need prayer, and we need to be praying for them. Mothers need prayer because you are the powerhouses that are there, whether you're working or whether you're at home working. You're working. You're actually working even more. I hate to say it. Don't start throwing rotten tomatoes or rotten fruit and vegetables, but a lot of times these wives are working harder than the man who goes to the office for the day and hasn't had to deal with spit up, throw up, fever. And then they come home, what's for dinner? I'm not vilifying men, that is not at all what I'm doing. But they're tired, their brains are worn out, they've worked very hard. Uh, maybe it's physical labor and they're exhausted. It's a team effort. 
And what I'm seeing with John is as tired as he is when he comes home, he's still doing bath. He's still feeding and cleaning them up, and their noses are yellow and gushing, and they're throwing up, and, like, they're still doing it. I'm amazed. But moms are doing it every day, every day, every day. And some of them are even working and then coming and doing that. You, you ladies are amazing. Um, once sin entered the world, obviously, we became covered in sin. But there is another that has given us grace. Obviously, we know who that is. It's Jesus. And he's given us sufficient grace to be mothers to these kids that are just wayward, but also to be mothers to kids that are doing all the right things. I heard so many comments this morning about no matter how bad I'm being, she still loves me. Uh, she loved my friends. She was always there for me. She is always showing, showing grace. Basically, the sermon was preached because they spoke exactly what is taking place because of how amazing you as mothers truly are. Now, when you're in a moment of weakness, it doesn't help to just remember how nice they, they said nice things about you because they're being an angel up here, but at home, things can go haywire sometimes, right? Back-talking, you know, staying out late trying to sneak in, doing weird stuff, like just doing what you probably did, right? So we got to show grace. And in 2 Corinthians 12, 9 through 11, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So when they're being the way that makes you feel like you don't want to give grace, you have to remember that the grace is coming from Him within you because you cannot do it on your own. His grace is sufficient. He's the one that through you is giving those kids grace. Austin Bitson, that's not in here, right? Okay, good. We can talk about him for a second. Remember when Austin went wayward for a little bit? And we were just like, are you serious? Like, seriously? But you showed grace. I didn't always show grace. He's supposed to be my God kid, but they never actually signed the kids over to us. We're not bitter or anything. I mean, they're grown up now, so it's all over. But, like, you showed grace. Curtis and I were wanting to teach him a lesson, right? We wanted to be tough love dad. But it's true. He gives us this grace, and it's not easy when your friend's kids are doing stuff that is causing them so much pain and heartache. That's deep, hard stuff. You've got to pray for those mothers that are needing to show the grace. You've got to pray for those mothers that need to be on their, their knees praying. Because your kids won't be perfect in everyday life. We need to encourage young moms that are here. Because right now it's fun. They cry a little, you know, 
they get upset, you take them to the doctor, they have a fever, they get ringworm, they get stomach flu, and they bring all this stuff back to Poppy. And then he's out of work for the whole week because he's not used to all these viruses these kids have, little Petri dishes. They're little cesspools. <laughs> and I've never been so sick as an adult. COVID was nothing. Anyways, yeah, well, you get all the, like I'm going through all the new kids' diseases. Anyways, our time with our kids is shorter than we think. Um, the Bible does talk about that we are but a vapor that's here and then it's gone. I can tell you that as a mom and a young mother and you as a mom that's already have grown kids and grandkids are coming it goes by in a flash so you want to make sure that you did it right and I will tell you if you do it right you will not be disappointed when they go off to college you will have maybe a tear or two but when you've prepared them when you have prayed for them when you have a mom who has been godly to those kids, those kids are going to be just fine. You don't have to worry. You can let them go. I remember when we dropped Chelsea off at college, and, you know, we dropped her off, and then the college is being real nice to all the freshman parents. They're just like, okay, you can go now. They're going into a meeting now with the dean of the school, and they got a party, and they're going to have food afterwards, and we're just like, oh, okay. I mean, I guess this is it. Bye, Chelsea. Yeah, we know. We, we got to go. They're, it's starting right now. You remember? Then we get in the car, and we got Brennan. And he's in the back seat now, and he's stretched out in the back like this. His feet are up, and he's got all this space. And he goes, well, it's just you and me now. <laughs> you remember that, Brennan? Yeah, whatever. It was a moment where I was about to start crying because we were like pulling off from the campus and the Lord gave some comic relief from the back seat and we were fine because we did what we were supposed to do. We had no regrets. We took them camping. We took them places with us. We had kids because we wanted kids and then we spent time with our kids and we went to do the things with their kids when it was vacation time it wasn't me and mom running off to do our thing it was us and so we look back and we know that we did it right that is a wonderful experience when you get to do that but maybe your mom wasn't so great see we go high and then we go low and we go high we go low because that's that's like life right there are good things happening there are days where you're just like now this is a good day and then there's times where you're like oh this is a terrible day and if you're not careful that day can undo and you can unravel and think that it's never going to get better again because you lose some hope and they say you can do without a lot of things in this world but you cannot do without hope hope is what keeps you hopeful right I will tell you that uh, as matriarchs and patriarchs of your family, there is power in the tongue. 
And as a mom, what you say actually has a ton of power. So be very careful what you say to your kids, over your kids, over your life, over your health, over your future. One person that I am in awe of at this moment, she doesn't know it, but is Stephanie Goss. Like, I am in awe. This is a lady who loves on foster kids, and she was a voice in my daughter's life that was necessary at the time. One of the things I have been hearing from the foster community is it's this great group of people. They're amazing. They're opening their homes. But some of them hear that, okay, if you get this kid in the future, they're going to have this and this and this going on in their lives. And, you know, that's a bad thing. Um, they're going to have uh, problems because their mom was drinking when they had kids or the kid, you know, was born with a meth addiction or cocaine or whatever. This lady says, that's not the future for this child. She speaks life over them. And instantly, I started listening to the difference of parents that even if it's not a foster kid, where they're saying, oh, he has gluten-free problems, he has hives, he has allergies, he has, oh, it's his hives, it's his, it's his sickness. He was born with, you know, his mom had alcoholism, so he's going to have all these things. She says, Else, she says otherwise and that's the voice that needs to be heard in the community of the foster is that yes they had those things but it does not have to be that way if you're in a home with power and spirit and where the Lord is you have to speak to that enemy your words are so powerful that it actually says there's power in our tongues Proverbs 18:21. I'm losing the Bible verse guy over there, aren't I? <laughs> Proverbs 18.21 um, talks about the power of the tongue. And there is fruit, right? The tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. So you reap the consequences of your words, of life or death. Be careful, moms, young moms, dads. <laughs> there is so much power in our words that in Matthew 18, 18, it says what? What's it say? I tell you the truth. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven, and whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. You may have heard another version, which is, truly I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. We have the power to loose the Holy Spirit, and we have the power by Jesus to bind. You don't have the power to bind anything. So be careful when you use your words and you start binding stuff. I bind this, and I bind that. Or you'll be like the people that got stripped naked and beat up by the demons because you're, you, can, you have to use the name of Jesus. The Lord rebuke you. Don't rebuke. 
the Lord rebuke you. In Jesus' name. Right? There's power in your words. There's power in words. Whether you're following Jesus or away at this, at this time, I want to tell you, don't give up hope. Whether they are or whether your mother is or your father is, don't give up hope. Don't submit to abuse and make sure it's a healthy relationship because that's a thing that some of you in this room have had happen where there is a struggle with a crotchety, grouchy, old, mean mother, right? Or father. Or maybe as a young one where you're, you're the mean one being mean to the mom <laughs> or the dad. There is... Uh, there's a point where we have to look at ourselves and say virtuous woman. Virtuous can be uh, explained in the dictionary. It says having or showing high moral standards. That's what virtuous means. Some common synonyms of virtuous are ethical, moral, noble, and righteous. While all these words mean conforming to a standard of what is right or good. Virtuous implies moral excellence in character. Wouldn't you want that in a mother? If you look at the, direct, the uh, definition. Or in a grandmother or a wife or a girlfriend. I'll tell you that they go hand in hand this virtue stuff that we've been talking about because without having to plant anything in the room, the folks that gave testimony about their parents or their mother said basically what you're about to hear when we go into our next little section of Bible verse. And then we're going to wrap it up. I'm not keeping you all late today. There was a 30th high school reunion that I went to not too long ago, with LaDonna. And it was with all of her classmates from high school. Anyone ever gone to their high school reunions? Who has? Just I'm curious, who's done it? Did you go to the next one? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> well, we did. We went to the 30th. And... These people were still doing what they were doing at the 10th and the 20th, some of them. They're still doing the same stuff, and they're still acting the same way, and they're on their second and third marriage. And they did a contest, and they said um, it was most youthful woman in the class. This was at the 30th, right? Because ladies are looking at each other go, who's the most youthful around here? Well, they said it was LaDonna. So she got most youthful. And then they said, they had another contest, who's the longest married? It was LaDonna. That says something to me, because you look at it, they were asking her weird questions, like they'd come up to her and they'd say, you're still married to the same guy? And it's like, do you love him? They were asking these questions, and she's just like to LaDonna, who hangs out with Doris, who's been married just as long. You've been just a little longer than us, right? Same year. 
you know, she's just like, yeah, that's what they were asking me. Because in the world, it's common to not, you know, to not necessarily see relationships go as long. We're not condemning in here. I'm just talking about this is what happens at high school reunions. So they're asking her those questions. She goes, yeah, I do. And I love telling that story because it's connected to being a woman who is virtuous and that is staying the course and that is not straining herself with lots of extra activities that cause destruction and um, early aging and health problems and et cetera, et cetera, like we saw. We just decided to hang out for the next couple of hours at the reunion. I just was to kind of just watch. I became an observer, and people were crying. You remember those days where somebody would have a little too much, and then they're just crying, and they're telling you how much they love you. Next minute, they're crying their guts out on you, telling you all their problems. She became the problem uh, police that night. People were hanging on her and crying, and she's praying over people. And then she got to follow up with her classmates, too, because they, they saw something different in LaDonna. They look at her differently. I'm telling you, they look at her differently. Um, very respectful of LaDonna, her classmates are. Okay, so to wrap it up before we pray over you moms, let's go over a wife of noble character. The reason I chose a wife of noble character is because a lot of these wives also have children, connect the dots, Mother's Day, right? It's not a reach. It's who these women will be when they have children. It's who they can be. Yeah, okay. Mine may say, mine is very similar. A wife of noble character who can find. She is worth far more than rubies. Would you agree? This person is precious beyond worldly riches. I see you hugging your little lady there. Nice. Awesome, Kevin. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. What else could be better? She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. Again, who wouldn't want a wife like that? And do you agree? I will tell you that I was lost without my helpmate. And she turned me around from being pretty worthless to being better <laughs> than I was. This one's kind of weird it says she selects wool and flax and works with eager hands but remember when this was written that was a big deal right you probably do a little bit of this yeah yeah and you've got the the goats and you're teaching the kids about B but here's here's you she's like merchant ships bringing her food from afar she gets up while it is still light. She provides food for her family and portions for her female servants or employees. She considers a field and buys it. So this is a businesswoman. You can see she's a hard worker. You can see that her hands are not idle. Uh, she considers a field, buys it um, out of her earnings, and she plants a vineyard. 
She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her tasks. She sees that her trading is profitable and her lamp does not go out at night. What I love about this is it's talking about an energetic woman who is working. In her hand, she holds the distaff and grasps the spindle with her fingers. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy so she's charitable. How many of your wives are charitable? When it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. So she's taking care constantly. There's a theme that, there's a thread that through this. She makes coverings for her bed. She's clothed in fine linen and purple. So she's a snazzy dresser. Right? Her husband is respected at the city gate where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies the merchants with sashes. She's clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come because she's confident in her Lord. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. She's wise and she's soothing like Austin was saying. Sorry to keep singling you out. But Austin needed a little soothing at times, and she would just even him out. How many of your moms evened you out when you needed soothing? It's not rocket science here. She speaks with wisdom, and faithful instruction is on her tongue. So she gives great advice. Moms give great advice. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children arise and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Guys, we got to praise these mamas. Many women do noble things, but, all, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. What we're going to do to close out our time together so y'all can all head to lunch is... I would love it if moms would stand and those of us around those moms, if we could lay hands on them and just huddle around them and just pray over them for just a moment. It may mean you got to get up and actually get by somebody else. I would like to, um, by your hands, if you'll place your hands on them, I would be happy to pray over you. But take, let's take a minute, two minutes. You pray in your huddle. Whoever wants to pray. We're a people that pray. So pray over whoever you're touching for the next two minutes and then I'm going to close this out in prayer and then everybody can roll out to lunch. <laughs>